Welcome to the Fixtures Podcast. Game week nine. We are. Um, I, think all this, right. I think this is episode 12, but I don't really know. Um, we're back from the international break. Uh, I'm joined today by Nikki Erdman. Hello. And that's it. Um, so let's get things uh, off the mark here uh, with Everton 2, West Ham 0. Uh, Everton won a game. Yeah, this is good for Everton because they were on a losing streak. And I think this is going to maybe put them in the right direction for uh, the rest of the season, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. Um, This is not a good result for West Ham. Um, No, not at all. Although it's at Goodison Park, so a little bit of... uh, but they were really outplayed in this game. 19 shots for Everton, 8 shots for uh, West Ham. Possession was pretty much 50-50, but yeah, Everton getting a lot more shots and a lot more shots on target off. Um, and uh, yeah, we're definitely just a better team in this one and came out with the win. Um, not too big of a shock there, I don't think. So, uh, But that brings us to Aston Villa 2, Brighton 1. Jack Grealish... Scoring, and uh, I believe he assisted the, the second goal. Uh-huh. He um, had a good game. Fantastic game um, for your, for him. And uh, I, he's been a little bit off the mark this season, I feel like, a little bit. Um, but when he's on, he's on. Um, yeah, I feel like everyone just expects him to carry Aston Villa every game, so I feel like when he doesn't, it's a letdown for whoever's watching. Right, right. Yeah, I, I can see that, and especially with John McGinn playing as well as he has been this season, I think Jack Grealish has been a little bit overshadowed, but um, he played really well in this game. And that Matt Target goal was really good. I was watching this game. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. And, uh, Aaron Moy with the red card um, from the second yellow. Uh, kind of screwing his team over a little bit. Yeah, just a bit. And uh, Villa digging deep and uh, winning this 1-2-1. It was obviously at Villa, so... It's I, a confident win. Yeah, and I mean, they're going to need that win, I think, in the long run um, of games because that brings them up to... Uh, what is that? 12th place, 12th place with 11 points. They've won their last two, two wins and a draw in their last uh, in their last three. So that's a pre- they're in, in pretty good form right now. They're sitting around West Ham and uh, Wolves and are sitting one point above Manchester United, which we'll get to. But uh, that's pretty good for a team that I think a lot of us had slated to be relegated. Um, and Brighton is lower than them with nine points. They're dangerously close to the relegation zone, along with Everton, uh, really needing that win. That win bringing them up to 10 points. Uh, they're only, oh my God, they're past, what, five fixtures, one win, th- four losses. That is rough. They really needed that win. Do you think they can bounce back and now, you know, win a couple off of that? Or they're going to have to, or they're going to get relegated. That would be something, wouldn't it? Everton being relegated. I don't think any, I don't think any of us saw that coming. Um, and it's weird because they have a good team. And I think we've they said do every this, year. I think we say this every episode, and I we say that we've been saying this obviously off the every podcast year every year that everything looks good this year, and then they explode. So I don't know. They all of a sudden, what should have been a fight for maybe a, a top ten, top 
sixth space now becomes a fight for survival. But I guess it's still early, so the things can change. But we're running out of weeks where I think we can say it's still early. We're getting... We're almost one-third of the way through. Almost. We're basically one-fourth right now, right? Yeah. Almost Not really one-third. One third. Not quite there, but we're getting there. Yeah. A 13 would be one-third. Yeah. Or 14, so one of the two. Four or five more game Four weeks. Four or five game weeks. More game weeks. So... So we're getting to, yeah, we're it's still early, but... All right, next game is Tottenham 1, Watford 1. Watford got robbed. Watford got robbed. The end. <laughs> um, Spurs played just yeah, bad. The, the Their defense was pathetic. Just bad. And their goal that they scored was incredibly lucky. It was, it was really unlucky for Ben Foster. He really should have held that ball. Well, I really and Watford had a bunch of chances in this game that yes, they, they should have really done better with. But, I mean, they're an out-of-form I mean, ben, Fo- ben Foster played amazing this whole game up until that last ball because he made so many saves against hard shots. And uh, DeCore had a good game. Um, obviously, that goal in the sixth minute. Well. It was uh, really well worked. Uh, a play. I think Delafeu had a good game too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and obviously there was a bit of a VAR incident um, with the penalty on I believe it was Delafeu um, that was ruled not a penalty. I think it was a penalty. I will say. I don't think it was. He was fishing for it. He could have crossed that ball in way earlier. He was trying to get the penalty. Yeah, but there was still contact. Yeah, but he was trying to get of course, the penalty. Everybody that goes fishing. into the penalty box wants to get a penalty. He or, was fishing. Or, I don't know. But if there's still contact, I mean, he didn't dive. Also, Deli Ali did not handball the ball. Mm, debatable. It was No, it's not debatable. It was elbow up. All right. Well, yeah, I don't know. It was definitely some controversial moments with VAR this uh, this weekend. But uh, Spurs played bad and really should have lost that game. I think they got lucky to walk away with a draw, which is, considering their Spurs, is not good for them um, at all. All right, moving on to Wolves. Well, well, hang on, hang on. Let's take another moment to talk about Tottenham. Uh, I mean, what do you think is going on at Spurs that has, I mean, led them into this kind of rot that they're in at the moment? Because I think it all started with the 7-2 loss to Bayern. And I mean, is it just Pochettino's losing the dressing room? Is it, you know, is it players don't feel there's any competition? I think there's a lot of mixture. I think it's just a concoction of everything. And it's just mixing together to create a whole bunch a bad, of things going bad. It's a perfect storm. And... It's a perfect storm. Yeah. They're gonna be like the. I think they're gonna have an arsenal pretty soon. And what do you mean by that? Well, they're gonna be. They're gonna be the laughing stock of the of the Premier League for a little while. Well, it's funny because they were for the uh, a good while. I mean, the term Spursy <laughs> has its own meaning. Um... So I think they used to be kind of the butt of the joke, and they had a good couple seasons. And then they were like, and hmm, I think Champions League final. And then I don't, they were like, but hmm, I think the problem is now they, we have, suck again. they haven't built up really since over no, the past They don't years. make transfers that are good. Their only transfer is La Salso. And Dumbele and Sessegnon. Uh, Sessegnon has not played at all. Yeah, and then... 
Bacelso has barely played, and and, no, and Dembele, Dembele is is, is, is it's pretty been a good, good signing. He's been a he's good. Been, signing. He's their best signing by far. But all right. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, that moving along. Uh, talking about VAR. Wolves won. Southampton won. Wolves got robbed. Were they robbed by VAR though? Yeah. For which incident? Because there was two. Yes. Because there was the um, there was the handball, and then there was the, the offsides. offsides. Just the offsides. It made was, no sense. I don't really understand what was offsides. I I think Catrone's uh, like, arm hair was offsides. Uh, uh, I I mean I, I'm I was in support of VAR, but I think it's being used too extensively. Like, I I think there's uh, there's a problem specifically with around the. The offsides rule. I kind of wish VAR was not a thing anymore. Like, I know really? I'm for VAR out now. I mean, I was fine with... I thought VAR would have been good, but it has not been good. It's really... It's kind of ruining kind of the fun of the game. Yeah, and I think that was what a lot of people were worried about. Um, I think VAR has definitely had its good moments. It's definitely gotten things, but I mean, let's let's take a step back. I don't to, like let's take a step back to the point of VAR. Right? I don't like how how nitty gritty it is, though. But the problem is, I think in two specific, very specific cases, that has been issues. Number one is offsides. Offsides has been super controversial because things that now it's. You know, you have your uh, your big toe is offsides, and you're getting a goal called back. Where okay, fine, that's, that's to the that's to the letter I, of the law. I feel but, like I feel like it should be adjusted so like it's like if your leg is offside. But I mean, is it? And I mean, but against I guess what we have to talk about is I mean, is that really the point of the offsides rule to stop a goal? If uh, I mean, is does it really give you an advantage? You know, having a, a pinky offsides. No, I, the reason the offsides rule is there is to keep people from sitting way. From goaltending. Yeah, it's from it's from cherry. It's to stop cherry picking. It's to right. stop people from just sitting behind the back line and then the other team is launching the ball up the field. Right, exactly. Which this is not what this is preventing. This is getting into such fine millimeter offsides. Yeah, and I hate it. it. It's 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 annoying. It's frustrating and it's frustrating for. It's frustrating to watch, even if it is like even if you don't care about either team. It's like. Because you like to see, even if you're a neutral watching a game, you like to see good, fast-paced soccer. And I think there's and an then, easy way to solve this. If you, if it's not a visible offsides, that, that okay, yes, that guy's offsides, the ref missed it or the linesman missed it. But, I mean, this kind of, we're going to replay back the thing, you know, four times and we're going to watch him go in reverse and see exactly... You know, I don't like what they said with how like uh, like how linesmen got told not to call offsides anymore because that's what they got told. They got told not not they got told not to call offsides unless they were a hundred percent certain. And I I feel like they shouldn't have done that because I feel like linesmen should call offsides if they think it's offsides, even if it's not a hundred percent certain. And I think pre VAR, this is a Raul Jimenez hat trick. A hundred percent. It should have been. Which the handball, while it was a handball, sure. And I think we, I mean, there was three potential handballs this weekend. And I don't know that the, and I think this is something we discussed at the very beginning in the pre-show, that the new handball rule is really a pain. 
Um, because despite your best efforts to not have the ball hit your hand, if the ball hits your hand, you're out of luck. I, it, um, I mean, it's just, it's just silly. I mean, you can't, I mean, unless you play the whole game with your hands behind your back completely, like you're, your hand is gone. And I mean, it's not even like you're somebody. I mean, I get it. Sometimes, yeah, handballs happen and somebody's arm goes in a natural position and an unnatural position. And it's like, okay, that's a handball. But if your arm is at your side and somebody kicks a ball at your hand and it goes and it shouldn't be a goal disallowed or a penalty. That's just so crazy to me that this is now what the handball has evolved into. Again, it's not, you know, the, this is not what the original design of the handball rule is. It's not to stop. It was, you know, it's to stop you from palming the ball into and punching the ball in the, into the net. It's or not, saving a goal with your hands. Yeah, yeah. It's not meant to, oh, you're, the ball touched your pinky as it, you know, went by you. So no goal. Like, yeah, that's so crazy to me. It and I mean again, it's just the the VAR with these very fine margins. VAR should be there to correct the ref in situations where the call is, is blatantly wrong, is wrong, or you know is questionable. But in cases where it's such a fine, fine detail, and really we don't even know that VAR, VAR is making the right call, it makes it difficult. And I don't know what I guess the right approach to this is because this has been a problem in Italy where VAR, the refs have the little screen on the sideline and in this rules game, there would have been at least 10 plus minutes of the ref staring at the screen, trying to determine, is it a handball? Is it an offsides? And I mean, is that, is that better? No, no. I mean, at least with the way that they're doing things now, it at least moves things along, but it's just, I don't know. There's such a focus now with VAR on making everything textbook correct is that it does kill some of the joy for it when every goal needs to be brought back and made sure that nobody, you know, was elbowed in the buildup and nothing. And there was no, the ball never went near somebody's hand and everything. And it's just, it's just frustrating. It's really frustrating to watch. And this was a really frustrating weekend, especially. And we'll get to the Liverpool game and we'll get on with this. And I mean, I don't know. I, we'll talk about VAR more in this podcast, so I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it to death. Uh, so, All right, moving on to Chelsea 1, Newcastle 1. Chelsea won this game. Wait, no. Chelsea won, Newcastle 0. Chelsea win. Uh, and I think even though Chelsea won, they still got robbed. <laughs> they didn't play very well. Uh, I don't think we watched the same game then. They can't couldn't convert their chances. They definitely could. It's literally it was, it was it was post after post, the crossbar after crossbar. Yeah, that's not converting your chances. Okay, it's barely. Okay, barely is still not nine out of ten times you hit the ball in the post at the exact same spot. It's 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 gonna go in. It's not gonna it's not gonna do the exact same thing. It hits the post every time. It might hit the post and go in or hit the crossbar and go in. Yeah. No, I I, I get that, but. 
It, I mean, plus we were creating chances. I mean, look at the, the possession stats was seventy two to twenty eight. Newcastle no, didn't I mean, get a single shot on target off. And I mean, uh, Chelsea definitely outplayed Newcastle in this game, which is a little, which is why I think it's it's a little shocking that it's only one nil with that Marcus Alonso goal. Also, I think Tammy Abraham's getting a little greedy. You think? I don't think it was too bad. I don't. Uh, I, he, you know what? It, the is, Polis, is he, it was the Polisic one that pissed me off. When Polisic was a one-on-one with the keeper, and he Polisic could have easily easily shot and got his first Premier League goal for Chelsea, and Tammy Abraham was just screaming pass, 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 and pass down because Tammy had an open goal. Oh, and then he missed it. Yeah, well, he didn't miss it. The Newcastle defender jumped in front of him, oh, and right. Tammy didn't that see it. That was a brilliant save by yes, it was by the, uh, Yedlin, though. Yes, that was a good save. But he should have just let Christian Pulisic shoot. Uh, no, I think that was the right call. Pulisic, I think that was Pulisic the right call because I don't think I don't think I don't think Tammy Abraham knew that Yedlin was behind him. Yeah, but I think Pulisic could have scored, and I don't think he was expecting that. I mean, that was great defending from DeAndre Yedlin, which you don't hear very often, um, but. Really, that was. I think that was good defending versus a bad call from Tammy Abraham. Uh, what he can't do though is head the ball. Tammy? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, he's got. He's like scared to head the ball, even though he's like six six. Oh no! I mean, he's just not good at it. He but got I two mean, headers in this game. He's got to learn how. Way yeah. wide. Yeah. yeah. But uh, also, one more thing. Callum Hudson Odoi is the best out of Abraham Mount, Callum Hudson Odoi, and Tamori. 100%. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And RLC. He's the best out of anyone. He's insane. He's insane. The, I mean, there, he's, it's, he's managing an assist a game right now. Okay. there's one. It's one thing just to be a really pacey young kid on the wing and just dribble down, dribble past people, and then cut inside, pass, or cut inside and shoot. But the thing is, on that Marcos Alonso go, goal, if you go back and watch it, you can see Calum Hudson-Odoi. He's on the left wing. Okay, he cuts inside and takes the spot of number ten at the top of the box because he because of his awareness on the field and how he he's aware he's not just playing his position he's he's looking for everyone and he's looking for the gaps in the defense and where he can make space and he cut back and made that that top of the box uh, space where the number ten usually would be and uh, they passed it straight to him and then. He passed. He got the ball, and that's what made that goal was Callum hudson Odoi. Yeah, he's been brilliant so far in these past few games since he's been back from injury, and he hasn't scored a goal yet, I don't think, but um, he's still just been in the thick he of He has all everything. He has the technical skill. He has the pace. He has the awareness, which is the most important thing. And pro- I think that's the hardest thing for young players to get is the tactical awareness to uh, know when to come out of position and when to cover for people. And he really should have had a second assist with that uh, Mason Mount chance early in the yes. uh, first half where Mason Mount uh, did the turn and shoot and shot it right at the goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, that was a good save, though. I will say that was a good save by Dubravka. Um, but... Tim Kroll. What? No, Tim Kroll plays for uh, Norwich. I forgot. Dubravka plays for Newcastle. Um, Reese James made his Premier League debut. Meanwhile, though, on the uh, on the Newcastle front, oh, Alan Saint Maximon is absolutely amazing. Oh no! Yes. No. Did you see? Did you watch this game? Yeah. No, you did yes, not. Yes, I did. No, you did yes, not. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. He was not good. Alan St. Maximum played amazing. He, he was the only one doing shoot. anything. He can't. Yes, he's the only one doing anything. In a, but I mean, he was just the, because you're the you're the bad. He's of not. A, oh my the god! Of the did you see? Did you see him? He no. He was just. 
He was destroying Chelsea's defense and he was destroying Chelsea's midfield. He was getting past everyone. He was getting past Mason Mount. He was getting past. He was getting past. But he couldn't play Zuma the final ball. He was getting past Mason Mount. He literally brought Mason Mount to the ground because he was so much faster. I mean, he he played a mate. I think he played really well, and he can shoot. He can shoot. I don't know. No one on this Newcastle team can score. No one. None of them. Uh, Jolinton is no not is uh, not a good striker. Saint Maximin is is a promising player, but he's surrounded by a bad team and he can't shoot. Um, the two Longstaff brothers are, are are good options in midfield, but neither of them are. You know, attacking midfielders that are going to score boatloads of goals. And Miguel Almiron has just it really is unfortunate to be in such a bad Newcastle team. Um, All right, next game. But anyway, so I, I, I think Chelsea should have won that game more comfortable than they did. Um, but a win's a win. And they move. Uh, where are they right now, actually? Fourth they place. are currently in fourth place with 17 points tied with Leicester City. That's actually really impressive, yeah. I, I will say. Chelsea in the Premier League has won five games in a row now. Yeah, that's... that's No. In the Premier League. That is Premier League. No, it's not. That's counting the loss versus Valencia. Oh, okay. So, all right. Well, Chelsea's been playing well. Yes, they have. Uh, and we'll see if they can continue that. Uh, moving on, though, Bournemouth nil, Norwich nil. Snoozefest. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a joke going around that both of them, both Bournemouth and Norwich, agreed not to uh, score any goals so they could both get a clean sheet. It, it was just bad. It was really just bad. Um, so bad, I'm really not even going to spend too much time on it. Um, moving. I don't want to spend any time on it. All right. Good. Moving on. Leicester City 2, Burnley 1. I was angry that Leicester won because I wanted Chelsea to go up to third. Thielman's is quite good, though, eh? Um, yeah. Thielman's is, is uh, a very good player. Uh, Vardy, of course, scoring a goal. And uh, Leicester definitely looked the better side in this one. Um, possession stats, 65%. Uh, Leicester City... 35% um, Burnley, so it was a, yeah, it was a solid display by Leicester City. Um, uh, okay, so I think that wraps up Leicester City 2, Burnley 1. Moving forward, uh, Crystal Palace nil, Manchester City 2. This I don't think this was a convincing win for Manchester City, to be honest. That was pretty solid win. Uh, Crystal Palace had nothing in this game. Absolutely nothing. Possession stats, 72% of possession. Crystal Palace didn't... I mean, really, they only perked up in maybe the last 15, 20 minutes of the game. They looked good in those last 15, 20 minutes. They did, but not good enough. And uh, Zaha is just... It was really, honestly, a bad decision not to... to, I think they need to move him back to striker. But it was a mistake not to cash in on him when they could. He does not want to be there, and it shows. He really does not want to be there. Um, meanwhile, uh, on, on the Manchester City front, no center backs, no center backs, no defenders Uh in this lineup. 
Oh, none. The two center backs are Rodri and Fernandinho, two defensive midfielders playing center back with John Stones on the bench and Nicholas Otamendi not even making the squad. Oh, I really, I don't know. Is that going to come back to bite them against bigger teams? Probably. I mean, how can you not have center backs? I don't, I don't get it. And especially with Cancelo and Mendy being such attacking options, it's strange. I don't know. Um, and also not starting Aguero. What's up with that? Um, I just think they wanted to give him a rest, give Jesus his time to shine because he's been kind of sitting on the bench more. So I think they wanted to give him an easy game where he could come in and Aguero a game that he wouldn't really miss not playing in. And they wouldn't miss having Aguero on this game really either. Um, and I don't think they did. Uh, and he was on the bench if they needed him. And uh, but De Bruyne had a fantastic game this game. And uh, oh my! And the uh, the moment where he was wide open and Jesus decided to go for a shot and totally missed when De Bruyne had an open goal. Have you ever De heard De Bruyne scream? Oh, yeah, then, before then, yeah. No, I like it's so it's so funny. He has such a high voice. So, uh, but oh, I, I, at the end of the day, that's a convincing win for Manchester City. So, once again, which I think brings us to, I think, my game of the week. Manchester United won. Liverpool won. Yeah. What do you think happened here as from a neutral perspective? Um, I think that overall... Liverpool were the better team in this, but I think everyone expected them to be. But I think Man United's attack looked way better than it has before recent in the recent times, you know. Although I think they really missed uh Salah. Manchester United? No, Liverpool. What? You were talking about Manchester United's attack. But I'm saying no, I'm saying Liverpool really missed Salah. And um, I think Rashford actually had a good game this time. So here's what I'll tell you what I think happened. Um, United's game plan was to disrupt Liverpool's flow as much as possible. And I think it was rather successful. Um, And it wasn't until Liverpool started gaining traction and gaining momentum during the second half that they finally looked like they were going to score a goal. Um, And I think this really came from United just kind of almost locking up shop, playing five in the back, and just kind of waiting it out and just playing defensive and getting in Liverpool's head and not letting them get I mean, get that's their, what they had to do. I mean, they, had, they wanted... They were trying to do whatever they could to get a point from this match. Oh, and I mean, I think it definitely... It definitely worked until maybe the 70th minute. So... um, A couple big moments in this game, though. Rashford's goal... Was it a foul on Divac Origi? It was not. A hundred percent it was not. Oh my god. I've watched that clip before. It is not. Literally, like, he clipped, like, not even his toe. Like, literally, his, like, like his pinky, like, toenail. And uh, Divac Origi went down. No, and, then, and then, and then, and then, and then. He kicked him in the shit. He did not. He, like, clipped his pinky toe, and then Divac Origi went down, and Divac Origi was on the ground holding the wrong leg. Well, he was rolling around on the ground trying to plead a foul. Okay, uh, no, but that was there was contact on his shin. 
No, not enough contact. That is Let not. Let me ask you a question. If this was in the box, is it a penalty? No, you're wrong. It is not. It is. It absolutely. is not. Absolutely. 100% absolutely. There's okay. contact. He was kicked. You could keep going. It was literally like a... Br- it, was a it wasn't even contact. It was like a brush of his foot no, against No, he him. went in between his legs and he kicked did him not. in the shin. Yes, he did. He did not. It was literally a brush of his leg. No, it, it was wasn't. a brush of no, his leg. No, We watched the video. I, I have. And it's literally a brush of his leg. He could have kept running. I could have kept running. I could have tripped the leg. A newborn baby and a newborn baby could have kept running. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, I. You're, it's. It was. No, it, it is was not. A fi- and it, it, it was, was so a far back. It was a kick. It was so far back. It does not matter. It did not do anything to do with that goal. There is no way that goal should have been disallowed for any reason at, at all whatsoever. And that is from a neutral's perspective because I do not care about either of these. All right, teams. moving on. Sadio Mane handball. I mean, it's a bad rule, but it's a good call. That's the what I have to call, say. About that. It's a bad rule. Yeah, it's a bad rule, but it's the correct call under the law. Um, but again. His hand is not there intentionally. It's not. Know, we, went over, we, went over, we went over this. We went over this off the podcast. This is for the. No, people. we went over this on the podcast too. Oh remember? yes, we did earlier. But again, yeah. his <laughs> hand is not is not. Yeah, in I know. A we went over this. Of, yeah, I don't. Bad, I don't know. bad, bad rule, rule. Good call. Um, anyway, so United's controlling this game. Liverpool really had trouble finding their stride. Enter. The B team, Nabi Keita, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, and Adam, Adam Lallana. Now, I distinctly remember during this game um, that when Adam Lallana came on the field, you turned to me and laughed. Yes. Do you regret this decision? No. You should. Um, because Adam Lallana scores the equalizer to put... Liverpool and get them their point. Um, he Together. really played very well. And you know who I was exceptionally surprised with? Ox? No, Nabi Keita. He played so... He changed that game completely. The complexity of that game when he came on. It was, it was like a completely different game. He came on and just... It was... He... Push the ball, and he he loves to dribble with the ball, and it's so great to watch yes. him play because he just dribbles so well, and he set up the pass to Robertson, who then set up the pass. Uh, speaking of which, what was going on with the defend that the defending in that Lalana goal? I don't really know to be honest, but I believe who who was that in the back at that point? Uh, that was Rojo. Yeah, Rojo just completely yeah, like, I, I, decided to fall asleep. I think what happened was their wingers were getting up because they, I think their wingers were up and they didn't drop back fast enough and they got caught out in the th- with the three it wasn't, in the back. It was just Rojo not paying attention. Well, it was the, the three of them got caught out in the back and Rojo went up to like mark, like help Mark, uh, help Maguire or whatever, and then it just left Lalana just ran in and left it wide open. But um, I, I think Liverpool really, if the game had gone another ten minutes, I think Liverpool wins this game. Probably, but it didn't. Um, but they definitely had the momentum. They just failed to find their momentum in a time in the in a timely manner. Yes, and because of that, it cost them a point. Yeah, but uh, they still got to walk away with a point though from Old Trafford, which Bring, I think is not 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 a bad bad result. For and them. this brings us to our next game, which is a bad result, which is the final game of the week Sheffield, Sheffield United, United one Arsenal yeah Arsenal nil yeah uh this game was hilarious 
to be honest. It was just hilarious to watch. It was a shocking display from Arsenal. It was Absolutely hilarious. shocking. I think this means Emery's out. You think? I would say. I mean, I there's a, surprisingly there's quite a few. There's quite a few Arsenal fans that I know more than any other club. Oh, I know. I more than any other club, really and they all it. and they all want Emery out. Yeah. I can see that. I, I don't think he's been doing very well. His formations have been lackluster. And, I mean, I think in this instance, really, it was their back line that let them down. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I think it was a poor decision for memory because, I mean, they had... All their all their guys are fit now. Tierney's fit. Bellerin's fit. Um, I mean, there was no reason... And I don't think either of them started? Is no, there? neither of them started. Neither. I don't think either Helm of them Chambers, came... Chambers, Class, neither neither of them came on. and Socrates. Neither of them even came on. Nope. Yeah, no. It was pathetic. Lacazette, and Martinelli came on. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would not start your, your starting back line. I don't under, I don't understand it. Um yeah, it was it was I don't know. Uh, the back line was bad. They kept trying to play out of the back. It wasn't working out for them at all. Nicolas Pepe played pathetic. Nicolas Pepe is oh what a waste of money he was. Um He's just been terrible. Just been bad. He can't. He, he just has no confidence in front of goal whatsoever. Um, he dribbled past Van Dyke though. Oh, okay. First player to do so in over here. Oh, okay. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Um, moving on. <laughs> also, uh, a great moment of this game when when Saka got uh, his yellow card for diving. Which was absolutely a dive. It was pathetic, actually. Um, there was absolutely no contact whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> right decision. And uh, Sheffield United were not didn't just get lucky in this game. It wasn't just a, a sluggish performance from Arsenal. Sheffield United could have easily won this game. Yeah, I think they did. And, they, and did Arsenal, they did win. Or, I mean, easily won this game by more. I mean, the possession stats don't really tell that, but... No, they don't. 31% possession to Sheffield United, but 69% to Arsenal. But Arsenal was very, very wasteful. Nine shots, three on target. Which, for a team with Aubameyang and Nicolas Pepe and the, I mean, Ceballos... They were all misfiring, all of them. And it was just, there was balls flying every which direction. I mean, it made no sense whatsoever. They were just bad. They were just, just, I will give bad. Arsenal one thing. Lacazette came on and he was trying to make a difference. He was trying. Lacazette is always is a fantastic was, player. Was, I don't he, understand why you don't he, start he him. He played harder than anyone else out there. I mean, I don't, I don't understand these lineups. And I, I really think this is purely, this, this loss is purely on Emery's shoulders. Yes, it really is. Um, I don't think, I don't even, I don't even think you can fault the players for this one. This is purely, a, just, I think, a tactical, and what's the opposite of a ta- tactical masterclass? Uh, a horrendous malfunction. Yeah, it really was. Um, um, okay, so I think that wraps up this match. I have a random, uh, story from around the footballing world that I found today. Which was um, it better not be that same Jose Mourinho quote again. It's not, uh, but it was that the professional FIFA players on FIFA twenty, uh, when 
during the weekend league, which is the weekend league, if you don't know, is it's the best players each week they qualify for the weekend league, and the professional players all made a group chat on Discord. And they make a schedule as to what time they're going to play so they don't play each other so they can all get perfect 30-0 and 0 records in the weekend league. Ryan, what do you think of that? What? Okay. I don't know. It's, it's destroying the competitive scene of FIFA. I didn't even know there was a competitive scene of FIFA. It's because it's, it's awful. That's why. Okay. It's also FIFA. Like, yeah. I don't know what you want. Play football manager. Okay. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Game. Goodbye. Um, we'll see you next week. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>